All right. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Sports Leadership Podcast. Joined by Mark Hodgkin, I am Kevin DeShazo. Mark, how are things going in your world? Hey, Kevin. Uh, things are good. It is, uh, it is March when we're recording this, and we're about to get into the basketball um, tournament mode. It's, it's a little bit strange for me spending the last seven years on, on a conference side. Usually this is the busiest time of my, uh, of my life, but uh, I'm kind of enjoying the change of watching it from afar. I'll be hitting the road visiting uh, a conference tournament or two, but uh, everything else is, uh, is pretty good. I know some big things have been going on in your world. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I too am excited about March Madness. This is my favorite time of year. Uh, Twitter is, is a lot of fun this time of year. I'm seeing uh, spring football tweets come through my timeline. I'm seeing March Madness and basketball tournaments come through my timeline. So it's just a fun time of year. Um, we have been working on a lot of big stuff. So for those who listen, know that um, I run Fieldhouse Media, doing social media training for college athletics. That led into uh, Fieldhouse Leadership, which is leadership development. Uh, for people in the athletic space, uh, individual um, one-on-one leadership development for coaches and administrators, um, but also for, for teams. And that has been, Fieldhouse Leadership has been powered by an organization called Giant Worldwide. I've been involved with them for a number of years. They do leadership development um, in the corporate space, in the education space globally. And I've just loved their content. It's, it's better than anything I've ever seen. And so that it's their content has driven uh, Fieldhouse Leadership. But we are doing a rebrand of that now. Under the title, under the, under the brand will be called Culture Wins Championships. And so the, the Twitter account for Fieldhouse Leadership has already been switched over to at Culture Wins. Thanks to our good friends at Twitter for helping us get that account set up. It was a dormant account that we had to do some work uh, to take over. But we've got the Culture Wins Twitter handle. The website is now culturewinschampionships.com. A new full actual rebrand is coming with, with logo. Um, but it will be officially the giant system inside college athletics uh, with a very practical and proven way for, for teams and leaders to create and protect lasting championship culture. And so we've already been doing this for a number of teams over the past two and a half years. I think we've been on 25, 30 campuses. Uh, and it's just been so fun to see the stories that have come out of it, um, the stories of transformation, not just with coaches and student athletes and athletic directors, um, but how it's impacting their teams and how it's impacting their families. It's just been really, really exciting for me to be a part of that. It's not about me. It's not about Culture Wins Championships. It's about those people. And we just get to walk alongside them as the guide saying, this is what you're capable of. This is the leader that you're capable of being. And this is what your team is capable of. We just want to help you get there. You get to be the hero. So it's a really exciting time. Um, the full rebrand should be done uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Uh, a book will come along with that. But really, really excited about, about what that will mean uh, for us and for the people in the athletic space and how we get to continue to serve them. That's awesome. Uh, you know, that's um, a lot of work, I'm sure, going into that rebrand. But um, I can vouch for the content. How Kevin and I really got this started in this podcast was uh, me taking one of his core classes where we use a lot of the giant worldwide material. And I agree with Kevin. It's really valuable stuff. It is equal parts practical and um, theoretical. So some stuff, you know, it's not as practical when you get into this. And uh, I don't think that's the case with uh, the material that we'll talk about and that Kevin will be talking about with Culture Wins Championships. And that kind of leads us into what we'll be talking about today. Um, back in December, we um, we talked about kind of work-life balance and using time off around the holidays. If you had the time off to kind of recharge and get back, we're going to kind of revisit that a little bit today. We're going to get into um, what, what uh, Kevin calls the five years. 
these are different ways of, you know, being aware of your time, being present in what you're doing for the maximum efficiency and you know, product, productivity. Yeah, I, w- I would say it's, a, it's just a great um, practical system to help you be both present and productive because relationships matter. Uh, most of us tend to get caught up in tasks. We are task-dominated people. Uh, and as you mentioned, Mark, we hit this back in episode two. And at that point, we're really focusing on what we'll call first gear. Again, we'll get into all this, um, which is rest and recharge, trying to focus on how people could do that around the holidays. Uh, so for this episode, we want to dig into all, all five gears and show why each is important, um, how each can be um, maybe dangerous could be probably the best word or, or unhealthy for us as individuals and leaders. And this is a system that you can use individually. Um, you can use for your team. We've had, we've had programs um, paint on their wall. So like in the, in the break room, they'll put a, a three. So that's a third gear space in the conference room. That's a, they put a big four. That's a fourth gear space. So just kind of, again, going back to what we've talked about numerous times is this idea of creating a common language so that people can, the same word mean the same thing to the same people in the same time and place. And, and I love talking about five gears. And number one, because it's, it's had a significant impact on my life, my own work-life balance, uh, my own ability to be present. But also because this is one of the sessions that I get the most feedback and hear the most feedback from uh, administrators. We did this back uh, last June at NACTA. We did a few sessions for NAC. We did a session for D2 ADA. And the consistent message that I heard from, from athletic directors at that time and since then is, man, everyone's talking about work-life balance. We have panel after panel on work-life balance. There's always new articles coming out about it. But now I have an actual plan to, to, to attack it. Now I have a blueprint for how to approach this issue as opposed to just talking about it. So that's why I love, I love the five gears because it really breaks it down. As you mentioned, uh, with a lot of giant content, we try to make it practical where you can put it into, into place today. So at the end of this podcast, you'll be able to, to implement five gears individually. And it's simple enough that you can explain it to your team in five to 10 minutes. So we'll, we will dig into those five gears. And again, these uh, every gear matters. Every gear is important. But every gear can also be really unhealthy. All right, so let's actually look at, at these these five gears. And again, part of this is self-awareness, right? realizing um, some gears are going to be more natural for us uh, than others. Some some people are going to be great at fifth gear. Some people are going to struggle at fifth gear. Uh, so self-awareness is a big deal um, in knowing which, which gear you, you have a tendency to, to live in and which, te- which gears you need to work on. Because some of these that are a weakness for you, you know, they're never going to be a strength. Um, but if we can take those, uh, as I mentioned, with a lot of things from a two out of 10 to a five out of 10, now that weakness becomes much less of a liability. So as we dig into the five gears, fifth gear is focus mode. And so this is when you are just in the zone. Uh, if you have an office, your door's probably shut, uh, no interruptions. You're not taking phone calls. You're not getting texts. You're not checking social media. You're not checking email. You're just knocking out a project. If you're in like an open work environment, you've probably got your headphones on. So people know, okay, that we don't need to bother Mark right now because he's got his headphones in. It's, it's go time. And this is, you know, fifth gear is that mode where when you all of a sudden you look up and it's two o'clock. And you're like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize I've been working for five hours, but you've done so much. Like you've been a, a crazy, crazy productive that you completely lost, lost track of time. So obviously fifth gear can be really good. Uh, we need fifth gear. That's how we get things done. But if you can imagine if you're in fifth gear too often, uh, you're going to undermine your influence. You're not approachable. It just creates a lot of tension among your team. If you've always got your door shut, 
like, man, I can never talk to Mark. I can never approach him. I can never ask any questions. It can be a stress thing where we're just overworking, right? We're constantly trying to prove ourselves. And so we feel like we always have to be working um, instead of making time for people. So warning signs for fifth gear, you might be exhausted. Uh, maybe some long-term relationship issues because work is always coming first. Um, you tend to crash into an unhealthy first gear, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, people generally stop asking you to places because they know that you're just going to, you're just going to work all the time anyway. Um, so that's, that's fifth gear. And as you're thinking through these, as we explain them, um, kind of rate yourself. Am I green, yellow, red? Like how, how natural is this gear for me? How healthy am I in this gear? Um, kind of rate yourself. Fourth gear is what we, we call task mode, um, where you're constantly, you're working through to-do lists. Um, maybe you're working on a project, but somebody walks in, you have a quick meeting, and then you get a phone call, then you get a text, and you're going to stop and scroll through Twitter. It's, it's always reactive. Um, spinning plates is a great way to put it. And, and it's, this is where I live. Uh, I generally live in fourth gear. I'm always doing multiple things. I find fifth gear really difficult. Um, I don't focus very well. I'm like, oh, there's a bird, there's a person, there's a tweet. Um, and so I'm always distracted by things. And so I, I tend to spend a lot of time in fourth gear. But again, that can also be really unhealthy. For me, fourth gear, I realized it was really bad because it was causing me to completely disconnect from my family and friends because I was always on my phone which I think a lot of us in, in the athletic space, especially in the social media space, can relate to because we feel like we have to always be connected. Um, social media isn't always on industry. College athletics isn't always on industry, but that doesn't mean it's healthy. All right, we, can't, we can't sit and live in fourth gear. So a couple signs for, for an unhealthy fourth gear, if, if email or social media is what you check as soon as you wake up or if that's what you check right before you go to bed, um, if you feel anxiety when you're away from your phone or email, you never feel rested. You're with your family, but not really with your family. Right? That was the phrase I would hear from my wife. She's like, where are you? Like, you're here, but you're not really here. Um, I'm sitting on the couch, but I'm not actually with them. So again, think about fourth gear for you. Is that red, yellow, or green? Is it, is it natural for you? Is it healthy? Um, do you have a healthy fourth gear right now? Or are you stuck in fourth gear? It's unhealthy for you. Third gear, social mode. Again, as an extrovert, I love social mode. This could be going to a party, going to a barbecue, drinks after work, NACTA. Uh, it's kind of my go-to example when I'm on, on campus talking about the gears. Uh, just social time. Surface-level conversation. That doesn't mean fake conversation. Uh, but it's just social. Just hanging out, having a good time. Um, some people would argue that's not, that's not necessary in the workplace. You know, do you have a culture that values third gear in your office where people get to kind of spend time together outside of work and getting to know each other. Uh, but again, third gear can also be unhealthy. So a couple, a couple warning signs for, for what may be an unhealthy third gear for you. If you're using, using it to procrastinate and avoid fourth gear, right? You're the guy when everyone's talking in the morning and they all sit down to, to, to get into work, you just want to keep talking, keep talking. You're actually avoiding the work. Um, why is that, right? Why are you afraid to go into fourth gear to actually do the work. Do you need social gatherings or some kind of social life to, to give you excitement in life? Like if you feel like um, you're not doing anything, you're missing out. You always have to be somewhere. Um, is it causing you to maybe not go deep enough? Uh, you just stay in third gear. Um, do you maybe have a reputation for laziness? I know that in my previous world, this, this was an issue for me. I was in third gear too much and they thought that work was getting in the way of, of my social time with, with my colleagues. So those are a couple of things that could be uh, some warning signs for an unhealthy third gear. So again, rate yourself green, yellow, or red. Then as we move into second gear, this was one that was also really difficult for me. Uh, we call it connect mode. 
So these are, this is in-depth conversation, whereas third gear is surface conversation. Again, not fake. Introverts will think that's fake conversation, just surface level. Second gear is deep conversation. How are you really doing? Using active listening. It's, it's maybe date night with your spouse, coffee with a friend, one-on-one time, no distractions, no other people. Um, and, and some people do this in, in a third gear setting, right? This is kind of an introvert trick because they'll go to third gear, they'll talk to a few people, and they find that one person they can connect with and go deeper into second gear. Again, second gear is something that a lot of leaders say don't have, there's no place for this in, in the workplace. Um, we don't need second gear. We don't need to just have to know each other on a deeper level. Now I would disagree with that. And a team that doesn't know each other is a team that isn't connected, which means that team is not going to be committed. Now, does it need to be hours and hours each week in second gear? Of course not. But I do think there's a significant amount of value in second gear in the workplace. So a couple, a couple things to look for that, that may cause you to have an unhealthy second gear. Um, you're always obsessing about the key relationships in your life instead of the person that you're actually talking to. Um, you're always going too deep instead of just enjoying right, that surface level conversation. Um, you're putting unrealistic expectations on people to connect and go deep immediately, which eventually isolates yourself because you're uncomfortable in a third gear setting. So you just, you just dig immediately into really deep stuff. You're the person showing up to a party and like, Hey, how's it going? Oh man, I just got divorced and my dog died. And my wife, you know, it's, it's like, wait a minute, this is not the appropriate time for that. Um, so it just really undermines your influence. So again, rate yourself on, on second gear, red, yellow, or green. And then first gear, another one that I, I really struggled with for most of my life, especially as I was building field house. And we talked about this again in episode two, it's rest and recharge. How do you get your energy? How do you, how do you renew, replenish your energy? Which I think a lot of people in, in athletics are not doing. Um, and if you're an introvert or extrovert, this first gear looks different, right? For an introvert, it might be taking a walk by yourself. It might be reading a book. Uh, it might be journaling. For an extrovert, it could be going to the movies, a night out with friends, um, exercising, sleep could be ways that you're recharging. For me, it's, it's running, um, but it's also spending time with friends. I love taking the night with friends just to hang out, smoke cigars on the front porch and, and talk about life. My wife is an introvert. She needs to take a nap. She needs to go do something by herself. She needs to read. So an unhealthy first gear, um, you're crashing, right? Crashing is not resting. Crashing is crashing. Um, if you're binge watching, that's an unhealthy first gear. Um, your first gear is, is actually a burden on other people. Right. You're, you're just taking all weekend to do your own thing and you ignore everyone else that can, that can be a really unhealthy sign, uh, for second gear or excuse me, first gear. So again, rate yourself green, yellow, or red. And then we've got reverse. How, how easy do you find it to apologize? Do you have a, a culture where people apologize? And again, leaders set the tone here. If a leader won't apologize, their team's not going to apologize and we're going to end up hiding and uncovering mistakes. If you own your mistakes, Hey, that's my bad. I did that. I'll get better. Uh, you create this culture of humility and this culture of support. So I talked for a long time right there going through those gears and, and no guys who are listening to this, this is a probably two and a half hour session with a team that we would go into a lot of detail. Mark and I are just hitting the, the very basics. Um, but again, that, that conversation right there, you could multiply uh, and scale into your team quickly. Uh, but Mark, let's talk about how, uh, you know, you've known the five gear system for, for a while now. How is this, you know, what were some ahas for you? Um, as we went through it a few months ago, and, and how has this impacted your life? Yeah, you know what I really like about um, the way this breaks down is that really all your time does fit into one of these areas. We might not think about it. We, you probably won't unless you've kind of gotten into this and, and, and put time into identifying this. But for me, it was that 
you know, being cognizant of what I'm doing at each time. Is this fourth gear time? Is this actually third gear time? I think what we'll struggle with, especially, and you touched on it a little bit, and we're kind of talking about the sports business, college sports, social media, a lot of these type of professionals. You know, I think it's really hard to sometimes tell whether we're in third, fourth, or fifth gear. And I think, and I've been as guilty of this as anybody, sometimes you can, I don't know, project what you want that time to be. And you're not terribly honest with yourself. Like, okay, I'm on Twitter, but I need to be on Twitter for my job. And it becomes very distracting. And you're maybe, maybe you even think you're in fourth gear where you're multitasking. And I'm not the biggest multitasking fan. And I think it's, it's somewhat of a myth to really be getting stuff done at the same time. I think usually we're parallel tracking, but uh, parallel tasking, but that's a separate conversation. But yeah, I think you can easily fall into, I'm on here. I need to be involved in, in Twitter, social media, or being connected to my email. That's fourth gear time. That's productive. But if you really get into it, are you really actually in kind of third gear, which is socializing and you're just kind of looking for distractions and everybody's guilty of this. We've all been there. I think, you know, it, it's, it's something you have to be really honest with yourself about. And then the same way you kind of can go between thinking you're, you're in fifth gear, really getting stuff done, but maybe you're multitasking too much the other way. So you're not getting those big projects. We all those big things that we have to do in life that, that are important and difficult. And they, there's no way to get them done except by chipping away at them and really getting into them. So for me, being able to kind of identify those areas and then be really, really honest about where we are um, and what you're doing was kind of the biggest aha moment for me, kind of the biggest biggest piece of value because, and you've said it again, it's important to have kind of common language. And, you know, for me, it's it, it was not natural to kind of, I don't know, it feels weird to say, okay, this is my first year time, second year time, third year time. It's, I'm not usually that guy, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people who kind of listen to it and be, I'm not going to tell my team that I need third year time during You know, that's, that just, that just can sound odd, but there's some real value in kind of identifying this and at least getting on the same page with that common language of the people that you need to be, whether it's a boss or a direct supervisor or somebody who's working directly for you. Because I think everything we do is in one of these five or six years and you, you know, you have to focus on being there. I think, and we'll probably get into that more, but to me, there's always, there's always the danger, but there's always, you know, and, and you talked about some of the ways that you can be unhealthy in any of these gears, but I think the, the best way to have some success is to really be in those gears. If you're going to be in it, be in it. If you're going to recharge in first gear, turn off your, your email or something like that. And I know, I know it's difficult. And what we do as a business that it, it, it feels strange and sometimes it can be very difficult to be off the grid, but I started doing that on vacation days. If I put an out of office, I'm not available. I would disable the, the email from my phone. And that became a big way for me just not to mindlessly open it up when I'm supposed to be, you know, spending quality time with my wife or getting vacation or doing something else. Having that kind of cognizance of it is, is incredibly helpful. Yeah. 100%. The self-awareness piece of this is, is huge. And, and a, a theme that we've hit on in every episode and probably will in every episode is this idea of intentional versus accidental. If you're in fourth gear, if you're okay multitasking or, you know, you don't need one project to work on, then be in that gear. If you're in fifth gear, shut the door, turn off your phone, be in fifth gear, be in those moments. And, and the common language piece is, is huge. Um, and that it, it can become a sign language, 
right? Someone walks by, they start to talk to you and you like hold up a five, like, hey, I'm in fifth gear right now. Oh, my bad. You know, whereas if you ignore them, like, hey, I'm trying to work, like, gosh, what a jerk. Like, now I'm in fifth gear. Oh, okay. That's good. The key, of course, is to not be in fifth gear for like three hours, again, where that becomes a burden on people. Um, but I, you know, I, story I always tell, we had a big event in, in Atlanta a few years ago and I just landed, got into the hotel or wherever the event was. And I walk in and Jeremy, the guy who runs uh, Giant Worldwide was there. And I, I was excited about a lot of activity that we had. I'm like, Jeremy, and I talked to so-and-so and then this, and he just holds up three. It's like, Kevin, we're in third gear. We're at a social gathering right now. This is not work time. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Hey, Tim, how's it going? And, and got, got into third gear. So it becomes a sign language, whereas he, that made it much less awkward where if he's like, okay, cool, man. Like I'm just talking to some friends here. You know, it just gets, gets super awkward. Um, and this is a system that, that I, I use with my family. Um, but I was, before I dig into that piece, I was who you were talking about in terms of um, working in the social media world, always on my phone, in my mind, I didn't have this language yet. I'm like, oh, it's fourth gear. I'm working. I have to be on Twitter because that's part of my job. And when a, I wasn't getting anything valuable from it at the time. Cause I'm sitting on the couch next to my kids or next to my wife. Um, so I wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> certainly wasn't, uh, maybe it was third gear. I was tweeting back and forth with people. So socializing with them, um, but it wasn't a valuable fourth gear, regardless what it was, my wife or my kids were wanting to be in second or third gear and I'm in a different gear than them. And so now I'm completely disconnected. And, and she would always say, what are you doing on your phone? Like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm working, I'm building something for our family. And I wasn't right. I was, I was probably stressed out and that was a distraction for me. Um, I, I could argue that all day, right? I'm on my phone. I'm building something for our, for our family. Well, reality is that thing I was supposed to supposedly building for my family was taking away from my family. But if I view her as nagging, which she wasn't, but that's how I viewed it. I can argue my way out of that for days. I mean, I'm right, but I can argue my way out of that for days. But when she says, Hey, we're in second gear. We're in third gear. Can you meet us there? I'm like, mm, I can't argue that because I know that now, now you've got this, this clear language that everyone understands this common vocabulary. My kids use it. My eight year old, if we're sitting on the couch and we're watching TV uh, and I'm on my phone, Hey dad, are we in third gear right now? Yep. My bad son. I'm, I'm disconnected. I'm, I'm present with you, but I'm not actually present. So we've got to learn to value those those, those times of, of being both present and productive. And it comes through scheduling. I'm not a schedule. I'm trying to get much better. Um, so fifth gear, I mentioned, I really struggle with fifth gear. Um, I used to struggle with first gear. My, most of my 2017 has been a lot of fifth gear project based work, um, which is why I'm pretty tired because that's just not my, my nature is not to be in that work where other people, they get energy from focusing on a big project that that's, that's what they, how they like to work. But I know I won't get those things done if I don't schedule them. Uh, and same thing with rest and recharge because we're constantly going to be go. There's always something else to work on. If we don't take that time out, uh, we'll never, we'll, we'll never get it right. If we don't, if we don't make rest and recharge a priority, it's never going to happen. Nobody's going to make that happen for us. And so I think being really intentional again with, with each of these gears, they're all good. We need all of them, but thinking about your day, okay, do I wake up in fourth gear? Cause I'm checking Twitter first thing in the morning or because I'm checking email. If I do, then I'm stuck in fourth gear the rest of the day. So what can I do intentionally? Okay, maybe I can wake up and be in first gear and just read. Then I'm in a much better mindset. Okay, if I'm driving to work, you know, if I'm listening to sports talk radio, well, that's probably going to put me in a bad mood. Maybe I can listen to some music or to sports leadership podcast. Yes, shameless plug. <laughs> but it's just it's it's identifying where you're supposed to be at during your day and making those intentional transitions. 
Yeah, I think, you know, and, and I am, as people have listened, I'm definitely much more the the, uh, the planner of the schedule. So I, I do like the idea of kind of setting a routine or setting a, a time for these specific activities. You talked about some of the ways that uh, that you can kind of hit positive first gear. I, I do that actually a lot with uh, kind of reading for the first 20 minutes I'm up. Um, I've done a lot of meditation this year, which has really kind of helped me. I've done journaling, a lot of the kind of introverted uh first gear type things. And I've just made that part of a, a daily habit because I know it's important. And I've kind of hit a group now where, okay, that's what I do between seven and 8 AM or six and 7 AM or whatever. And that um, there's other things I need to work into that. Um, you know, and I need to, um, it's always hard to try to work in an office setting, not get carried away with other people's agenda and other people's time commitments or, Hey, can you jump on this call? Hey, we'd like to meet blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I think I, there's so much here that I love about this, this conversation. I think we could talk about it for a long time, but if Kevin, if you were talking about an organization and you're saying, Hey, there's a leadership uh, role here at uh, X, Y, or Z school, and they want to institute some of this with their team, what would you say would be the first kind of step for um, kind of getting this common language, getting this um, kind of in, in action? Yeah, I think the first thing to think about if you're a leader of a, of a department, of a team, is what kind of culture do you have right now? What, what, do you have a fifth-year culture where everyone just kind of goes their own way and, and works on projects? Do you have a fourth-year culture where everyone's always working on 20 different things? Uh, do you have a third-year culture? We had that in the previous organization I was in. Um, we'd play football and cornhole and basketball for six hours a day. Now, we were productive not as productive as we could have been clearly, but we had a third gear culture. We were, we were way too heavy um, and just socializing and hanging out with each other. Um, do you, do you have a second gear culture? Everyone should just sit and just have these deep conversations. Um, I think it's identifying the type of culture that you have and the type of culture that you want. And, and what you should want is a balance. Um, you should, you should have a time where people have space to get stuff done. And once you have that common language, you can do that without feeling like a jerk. And same thing for rest and recharge. I think, I think introverts get really overlooked in, in general in our world. Um, but when we're always on the go, they get exhausted really, really easily because that's to be around people. Uh, we'll hit introvert versus extrovert in another podcast coming up. But all that really is, is how you get energy. So for me, I can do group projects, um, events all day long. I mean, I can speak 10 times in a day and I've got, I've still got energy. I'm actually getting energy from that. Whereas an introvert meeting after meeting after meeting, just drains them. And so I think we have to be aware of, of the people on our team, right? Know yourself to lead yourself, know your team to lead your team. One of the things that we recommend for introverts is that you need to get first gear during the day, not just when you go home, but you need it during the day. So maybe that's going and sitting in your car for five minutes. Maybe that go walk around campus for five or 10 minutes. Uh, we were at, at, at a university a couple of years ago doing five gears with their team an athletic department. And they realized they had an indoor all their indoor facilities were connected to their department. So they had a track, indoor track, 30 feet from their offices. And some of the introverts said, why don't, why don't we just walk around the track once in the morning, once in the afternoon? It's five to 10 minutes, and that allows them to recharge so that they can bring their best. That's not a selfish thing. So again, once you have that common language, it's, hey, I need some first gear time. Are you guys, can I take that now? Absolutely. Because we want you at your best. If you're exhausted, we're not getting your best. So go take your five or 10 minutes, not two hours, right? Go take five or 10 minutes, and then come back. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's thinking about what each of these gears look like in your workplace. Um, are you valuing each of these gears? Do you value hard work? Do you value people? Um, do you value collaboration? Um, again, if, if, if we're, if we're 
accidental with this, we're going to have a disconnected team. Um, if we're intentional, we're going to have a, a team that's present with each other and they, they know each other. They know what drives each other. They know what, what stresses each other out. They can identify these pain points, um, but they're also going to be productive. And that's the piece is that work-life balance is a myth, right? I mean, it's, we, we work an insane amount of time in, in our culture. We spend most of our, of our lives at work. And so work-life balance doesn't exist, number one. Um, but it's about being produ- present and being productive, being in the right gear at the right time. And so maybe, again, I mentioned earlier, we've got programs who've, who've painted the gears on certain parts of their office. Don't have to go that far. If you, you shut your door, people know, okay, Mark's in fifth gear. I can't bother him for the next hour. Um, if, if you're in, a, in an open environment, printing off piece of paper number five and hanging that outside your cubicle. If you're, if you're working on a project, okay, she's in fifth gear. I can't, I'll come back in an hour. And what, what are, so one of the things we do with teams is uh, figuring out in individuals, what is your gear order? So based on what's most natural for you, um, what, what is your, is your gear order? So starting from the gear that's, that's easiest for you down to the gear that's most difficult for you. Yeah. I, I think, uh, for me, uh, I definitely enjoy, uh, gear two and gear five. Um, as an introvert, they're, they're more suited. I find more satisfaction in kind of doing those. Um, I believe in, in the power of kind of that deep work, that fifth gear to, to really get things done and not, not have distractions. Um, you know, gears, uh, probably after that, I would probably say one comes in, um, and then, um, either four or three, uh, is kind of the last, either that, that multitasking, which I said, it's kind of makes me uncomfortable because I feel like I'm missing something or I, I feel like I'm not getting deep into something or I'm going to make a mistake that, that comes back, uh, on me. Um, and then, you know, just as an introvert, and again, we'll talk about this kind of in more depth. Uh, I can find the, the third gear somewhat draining. It's not that I'm particularly shy or particularly socially awkward or anything like that, but I think it's something that, you know, after I get back from a day at NACTA, which I do love as well, um, I usually just am exhausted. Not to say I don't like it, not to say I don't, uh, it's not one of my favorite weeks of the year, which it is, um, but that that can be kind of a, kind of a drain. Um, so that's probably my order. What about, what about yours, Kev? Yeah, again, we are polar opposites on the personality scale, um, looking at, at Myers-Briggs, Jungian typology, um, so my gear order is four, three, two, one, five could be four, three, one, two, five. Um, one has gotten a lot better for me over the past two years. I've made rest and recharge a priority. That's why I run once, twice a week, just for three to five miles, you know, just to get 30, 40 minutes. Um, but that's where I can kind of clear my, and I'm an extrovert. That's an introvert activity, but I was raised an only child. So I'm totally fine being by myself. Um, I also love going on group rides or just hanging out with some friends. Um, but th- that's probably my, my gear order. I've mentioned, uh, again, focus is an issue for me, which is why fifth gear is really difficult. It's just really draining because I need to have conversation. Uh, a joke in the office a lot for me has been uh, that I've got three minutes of work in me and then I want to party. Um, I just want to be around people. I want to have conversation, which, again, is why I, things like NACTA uh, are, are just Christmas for me because I just love being around people. I love meeting new people, but it's always so fascinating. Like you said, um, interacting people who are, who are in my core groups, um, or just people that I, who I know their personality, like I'm going from 6am to midnight and I'm just, I've got all sorts of energy in the world and I'll see them at two or three o'clock. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah. I just, just need to back away for a little bit. Or maybe they've just taken a nap, right. Cause they're just exhausted from the day, uh, from going for a couple of days, which I think is a big point. And I mentioned it earlier with first gear. Something that's really important for, for those listening is that, um, crashing is not resting, and kind of a real world example of that is, um, I was working with an NBA team 
And one of the girls was, it was like their fan experience team. And, and one of the girls said that she had cut, gotten back from Dallas impromptu trip to Dallas for the weekend. And she comes back and she had a lot to do, but she said, I was, I was just done. So she just crashed all day on a Sunday, just stayed in bed the entire day. And I said, so are you rested now that we were, we were having our session on Monday or Tuesday. And she said, no, she was I'm actually more stressed out because what she did by crashing is put off all of her responsibilities. So all the laundry that had piled up, the house cleaning that got added to every single day of the week, she's trying to catch up uh, as opposed to doing those things on, on Sunday and just taking a, a bit of time to rest. And so we have to be really intentional with how we rest and not make that crashing because that, that actually, uh, it hurts us even more. And I think we don't value rest in our world, right? We value the hustle culture. Um, one of the things that Jeremy always has that I love is that rest is a secret weapon for leaders. And I just read a book. Um, I think you've read it as well. Um, tools of the Titans. That's probably not what it's called. Yeah. But yeah. Tools of Titans. Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Uh, really easy read. Definitely recommend it. One of the, the big themes I noticed in that, um, that relate to this is rest and recharge. Like every one of those, almost everyone in that book, they get a good amount of sleep every night, mm-hmm. um, but they all wake up and have some kind of first gear rest. They read, they pray, they meditate, whatever their thing is, they go for a walk. Um, I know love John Gordon's idea. He goes for a gratitude walk every morning, just mm-hmm. his mind in, in the right place for the day. Cause you can't be grateful and be angry or stressed out or mad or sad or bitter. Um, and so that's just a, if these are Titans were the some most successful people in the world in 50 different industries. Mm-hmm. And these are two things that they make. They are really intentional about getting rest and then having that recharge time in the morning. Uh, I think we should, we should learn it and, and mimic some of these people. And it's not sexy. It's not fun, but I, I mean, I, I can testify to the, to the immense value that's added to my life. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great book and it's uh it's, it's the kind you can, you know, put down and pick up, um, you know, anytime it's, it's a really long book, but it's broken down into really easy pieces and designed, designed to just kind of, um, thumb through it. But yeah, everybody has some kind of focus mechanism and some kind of recovery mechanism. That's definitely a, I think in the pre, the, the foreword of the book, uh, it breaks down like by percentages, some of the strange things, not strange, but some of the things that you might not think that are common to, you know, more than 50% of these people. And yeah, it goes from athletes to, to musicians, to authors, to whoever. So it's a, it's a fascinating conversation for sure. So that's, that's all we've got for the five years. Hopefully you guys see some value in that. If you have questions, shoot us a text, shoot us a DM, shoot us a tweet, shoot us an email. Um, we'd love to walk through um, any questions you have on this. It's a really simple and powerful way to approach this idea of work-life balance from a, a perspective of being present and productive. So I hope it helps you to be just that more present and productive at work, uh, but also at home and in your personal life. Mark. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great conversation. Something that I know we'll um, come back to uh, numerous times throughout the podcast. So um, before we can go, I just want to give kind of a, a plug, a, a thank you for a project I've been working on on the side, um, the sports business uh, book exchange idea I had a few months ago when I finally got it into practice, getting people from our industry to submit a book um, that they have, that they own, that they wouldn't mind sharing, um, and then kind of exchanging it with a number of different people with a note about themselves um, and passing it along. And, you know, a good way to network, a good way to get new uh, new ideas, new books. Uh, a lot of people 
who love to read have joined up. Um, been amazed by the feedback. The first one we just got off the ground uh, had 22 people um, exchanging. It's uh, and we also have a um, kind of a waiting list or uh, a list for the next one we do, which will probably be the end of March or the end of April. Um, you can find that on my Twitter page. So again, the Sports Biz Book Exchange um, has been something uh, that I, I've been really excited about, and uh, it's really taking form and it's getting great feedback. So. For the people out there who love to read, please uh, please sign up and look for some updates. So, uh, with that, we conclude episode nine of the Sports Leadership Podcast uh, for Kevin DeShazo of Culture Wins Championships. I'm Mark Hodgkin, and thanks for listening. <laughs>